You're listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast, the show for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights and progress from students who have completed the MC2C mentoring program, networking opportunities, and unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So, if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. Now, without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. And today I'm really excited to be talking to attorney Pedro Diarujo. Um, he is uh, the managing partner for PD Law Firm here in Orlando, Florida. And I'm very excited because I wanted to talk to a attorney specifically talking about immigration attorney because I have a lot of international students in my community and there's just a lot of uncertainty and how, you know, what it takes to stay in after you graduate college and everything like that. And again, I'm not a lawyer. I, I, I don't give about advice of this. And I wanted to bring someone that could bring some light and obviously understand like, this is very general advice and this has to be more case by case. And I, I'm, I'm sure that Pedro will do a disclaimer, but that's just my disclaimer. Uh, you know, my favorite disclaimer of all time, Pedro, before I introduce you is I'm a lawyer, but I'm not your lawyer. Okay, sorry. That is that is very much true. Thanks for having me here, man. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm glad you're doing wonderful. I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're going to answer some of my questions. And it's funny because I posted this on the weekend and generally LinkedIn has really low engagement on the weekend. And I said, looking for an immigration attorney. And I'm so glad that uh, I think someone tagged you or but, but regardless, so glad yeah. that we were to connect about this. And when we spoke, I actually was able to talk to a couple of attorneys, but I really loved the energy that you brought and just, yeah. just you're very knowledgeable about it when we were having this conversation. And what I really liked I'll is that hear you focus so much more <laughs> on the on the employer side, right? And so maybe exactly. I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit and kind of tell me, uh, tell us a little bit more about you and, and, and the law firm and kind of what you sure. uh, represent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, first of all, you said my name is Pedro Rouge. I'm an attorney here in uh, I'm based out of Orlando, Florida, you know, but with immigration, the beautiful thing is I have clients all over the world, you know, even before COVID, you know, that was already a, you know, a thing that we did. Um, I do focus a lot more on employers than anything else. Okay. Uh, we do family cases and things like that, but we do employers because, you know, uh, something that people most of the time don't know is that your v your work visas and green cards always have to be started by the employer. Okay. Like an individual that wants to get a job can't file for a visa. Mm -hmm. and the employer has to do it. They have to be willing to. So it always starts with the employer. That's interesting. So I kind of just, again, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I've always had about this and what sure. some of the questions that international students have asked me. Mm -hmm. I've always understood that it's very hard for a company to sponsor a recent college grad. It is not hard. It is a little bit longer process. It's a long process, okay? Um, in the, it's a long process and it can be costly, okay? And, you know, a lot of companies, especially smaller companies, sometimes it's like, well, it's, man, I can't wait a year and a half, two years to have this employee come work for me, okay? So, you know, like we, we talked about before, you know, sometimes these people start, you know, the recent college graduates, they start with their OPT, CPT, 
and then but they need to get on this uh, you know on, on the switching to actually get a work visa you know or a green card or something like that quickly because it takes time so how does it work like i, I it's, let's just take an instance my name is daniel i'm from colombia i'm an international student right sure. um i'm here and I'm not a STEM, STEM major, right? Which means I have one year that I can work after I graduate. So I, I'm going to graduate in May. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I'm applying for jobs. And every single time I apply, there's this question that says, well, you now or in the future require sponsorship, right? Mm -hmm. um, my, I should be answering yes to that question. Or should I, or can I answer you, no and still be truthful? No, you have to, well, yes. Okay. It, it, they don't necessarily have to uh, to sponsor you. You can get your your legal status some other way. You know, some people get married. Some people, you know, there are a gazillion. There are a bunch of ways to do it. But you know, to be truthful, you have to tell them, like, listen, I don't have work permit. I don't have a work permit. I don't have permission to work right now. You know, once I graduate, I'm gonna file for my OPT, and then I'm gonna have work permit for a year, and then because you're STEM, you can get it for an extra year. Right. And so that's a good way to get your foot in the door. But I'll, so, but I found that companies, if, if you answer yes to that question, well, well, I don't, we'll just essentially, I guess in a, for lack of better terms, disqualify you or not move forward with your application because they don't want to go through this process. So I think what you could do is, you know, depends how the question, they, they, they're going to be, you know, being the lawyer. Okay, you've kind of splitting hairs, but it's true. It depends how the question's asked. If you already have your work permit, you don't have to have a job before you have your work permit, right? You're an OPT, you have your work permit. Depends how the question's asked. It's like, do you have work permission in the United States? Yes. But the question there generally you is, well, you're now <laughs> or in the future, right? Like, they, like, again, a lawyer probably wrote that question, yes. right? <laughs> yes, probably. But not everybody work, asks it like that. I'm very honest with you. I've seen it asked in, a, in very general terms, like, you have permission to work in the United States. Okay. In that case, yes. You can just in say that you case, have to file yes. for OPT, exactly. right? But, but, you know, but you also want to be honest with the company because you actually want to get hired. Okay? Right. All right. Um, then, yes. I mean, a lot of companies are not willing to, to do that for um, college graduates. But the good thing is a lot of these, especially the, the bigger companies and some of the smaller companies, too, are really willing to take in OPT students. Okay. And I've seen a lot of those uh, opportunities, like, you know, OPT students turn into, you know, actually employment opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and once you're in there, you apply from inside the company. A lot of that, you know, you know, somebody in there like, hey, you know, they will consider it. Yeah. I found that a lot of the big companies, especially a lot of the tech companies have that process already. And it's kind of very yes. easy for them to, 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 to do it. Right. Absolutely. But Absolutely. what if you are not going for those big tech companies and you're going for a more of a mid-sized company? Like what, how can you make it easier for the employer to walk them through this process? Is there something that you can do? And you mentioned earlier, like the employer needs to start the process. Like they need to be the ones that filed the paperwork, correct? Yes. Okay. Usually the ways that, that this happens is you need to have good relationship inside the company first and foremost. Yeah. Because they have to be like you to be willing to go through this. And plus, educate yourself about the, the, the process. So because once you know, you can go to your employer with your answers. Like, hey, listen, I know you've never done this before. Okay. But it's not the end of the world. 
Okay. Right. If we have the right, if we do it the right way, it will get done. Okay. And then you can even get me plus other employees because it, once it's done for one, you can hire a bunch of different people. So it, it's just the first one that's the tough one in a sense, right? It's the learning curve. Let me tell you the, 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 the hard part because everybody balks at that because you have, before you apply for any sort of visa or anything, you have to do a labor and wage certification, which basically you have to certify that you're offering um, market wages, okay? And that you're offering, and that you, you, you look for somebody in the United States you couldn't find to fill that position. And that's right. hard to, I think, how do you answer that, right? Like, there's a whole process that we go through in order to call the labor, you know, it's, it's a waste certification labor. We get that from the, the labor department. Okay. There's a whole process you go through. Okay. Um, you can do that for one employee or you can do it for a hundred. As long as you're hiring a hundred of the same position, you can do it. So that's why big companies are, it's easier for them to do this. Exactly. Right? Cause they filed it one time. So there is a cost associated to this, right? And, and, yes. and what is that cost, generally speaking, for a company? Because I think it's important for the international students to know that, yes, there's a cost, but here's what you kind of, you have to be this good that companies are willing to pay an extra eight, what, 10,000? I mean, you, you would yeah, know Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's going to cost, at least, it's going to cost them at least $10,000 to go through this for any given employee. Right. Okay. Because like I said, there's a whole ten thousand that there's a whole period of like labor certification that you that that, impl, that potential employee is not even working yet. Right. Okay. So not only you have the cost of doing that, but then you have you know the cost benefit of being sitting there waiting for an employee to start working until you actually file something so they can get a work permit, they can actually start working. How can that employee be working during their OPT year while this is going on? Yes, absolutely. They absolutely can. So you, in theory, you could apply for a company, work for one year. Mm -hmm. And how long does this process generally take? About a year, about a year, maybe some, until that person can work. It, that's a hard question to, to, to answer uh, exactly, Daniel, because I'm going to tell you, because it depends on when do they start and what, you know, like I said, we talked about is the labor certification already done or not done. Okay. But let's say you're starting from zero, okay? It's gonna be about at least one year, okay? Until that person can work, okay? I mean, if they're already on OPT, great, awesome. They can keep working during their OPT, okay? They have the stem, they can extend to another year, great. Keep doing what you're doing during your OPT, okay? But it will be, if they don't have that OPT, it's going to be a good year, at least a year before they can start working. Why? Because when we file, let's say they're here, right? We file for them to get a green card based on that offer of employment or the visa or something. Okay. We need to get them a work permit. You see? Yeah, so, it makes sense. Let me ask you a question. Cause I, okay. Back to Daniel from Columbia, international mm -hmm. student. Sure. I graduated in May. Mm -hmm. Can't get a job, right? I have three months to get a job with for, for, with my OPT. Can't get a job. So I have two options. I stay in this country legally, right? Or I or I essentially go back to Colombia. So in this scenario, I go back to Colombia with my family, right? Yeah. Because I want to be able to, you know, come back to the US the right way. Absolutely. If I'm in Colombia or I have a lot of students that are in India or whatever it is, I can mm -hmm. continue to apply for jobs in America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? 
I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many people here. You talk about India. You know yeah. this. There are an immense amount of people from India that get hired to come work in the United States like every day. You know, there's so many. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like you said, we talked about, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the tech sector and things like that. You know, yeah. there's some, there's just, there's just a lot out there. Um, you know, one thing for OPT students, okay, if you can't find a job, you can always start a, a company. It depends on what your major, that might actually work for you to get an OPT. So you can yeah. start a company, right? Yep. And, and then... From there, you can continue to apply for jobs because if you start a company, you you essentially stop the ninety day period, the, the time clock yes, you have. Exactly. You start a company, get working on it. It depends on your major. You know, it makes sense. It has to make sense. You know, you're like a chemistry major and you start like a clothing line. Yeah, that's probably not going to work. Okay. Because it has, but, because your OPT needs to be related to your major, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But if you're like a business administration major, yeah, you. You can start, start any company, like essentially. Anything, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you always got to think about, it's an option, you know, some people do. And, you know, it's important also with these things, for example, they, we talked a lot about one thing we didn't explain. There's a big difference between your work visas and a green card, right? Mm-hmm. The work visas, I mean, they're, they're, it's exactly, they're visas, okay? You, they're for a limited amount of time. You come here, you have a status to work, but eventually you have to have a non-immigrant intent and you have to have the intent of returning to your country, okay? A green card, basically, you can get hired and they can a company can sponsor you to actually get a green card as permanent residence in the United States, okay? And those two things are, the process to acquire those two things are very different. What's okay? the easier path? The visa? The work visa. The work visa is quicker, but important with the work visa, okay? Kicks. Usually bigger companies are gonna sponsor that, Okay, why? Because there's a lottery. There's just a certain amount of visas they're issued every year, right? Yeah. If you don't, either you you have to prove that you're not um, you exempt from that required from that um, limit, lottery. Yeah. Lottery, okay. Or you know, let's say what a lot of employers do is like, well, I need twenty people. I'm gonna throw forty applications out there. Right. Okay? And then, you know, the biggest thing for these employees, I think for the students is they need to become informed very early in the process, okay? Because the biggest issue I see with a lot of people is like from the, you know, from the employee side, it's running out of time. Right. Because they start, you know, figuring out what they need to do late in the process. And before they know, they have three months left of status and they're like, oh crap, what do I do? You know, yeah, it, it's, it's super interesting. Um, that the education part, they, they just need to be educated on this as soon as, yeah, as soon as possible. One of the things that I learned, and, and, and again, please correct me because it's uh, definitely not an expert in this. I learned a lot from some of my students that some of the companies that have, uh, except uh, that are, I guess, they're, they're they don't play in the lottery are universities, nonprofits. Um, yes. government entities that don't, they don't need to apply for the lottery. They would just exactly. get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, here in Orlando, Florida, as I give you a really good example, um, Advent Health, right. Uh, it's yep. a hospital. It's con- still, con- it's considered a nonprofit organization, but they hire for every particular, any major you can think of, they hire marketing, sure. um, sure. obviously all the Nurses, medical, yeah. 
nurses, right? They hire, like, there's a shortage of nurses. But even if you are a finance student or a, um, a STEM student, like, they mm -hmm. hire for those. And those companies, and there's hospitals pretty much in every city, there's a hospital chain that's, a non, that's considered nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. Right? And that you can actually go and work. And what most international students think of is just continue to work for the university. Right, they they've been there, bachelor's, master's, yeah. uh, doctorate, and they want they feel safe in the research part of the university, and th that becomes really competitive. But there's also really big nonprofits that run themselves like like Fortune 500 companies that you can sure. go after. Absolutely, you know, I, I I tell that like you know I do a lot of consultation, a lot of people that that you know that want to get in front. Like, man, I want to go work in the United States. I hear that there there's a huge shortage of nurses. What can you? How can I? How do I go about doing that? I tell them like, listen contact the employer where do you want to go you want to go to you know orlando start contacting Advent health or you know orlando health whatever the other ones out here and then you've got to start with the employer because if the the employee especially in the medical field man if nurses i tell them go contact the employer go to Advent health any day of the week you go put a nurse position you're going to be thousands yeah yeah no absolutely hey you made it to the middle of the episode Let's take a break to tune in to how one of the mentees used insight from Daniel and the Master in Kasha Career Academy to help them take steps towards their dream job or internship. Hi everyone, it's Tiffany and I just got a new position as a packaging graphic designer for our home decor company in New York City. Believe it or not, I was able to get this job in the midst of a pandemic and it's all thanks to Daniel and the Master in College to Career Academy program. I've learned everything from staying connected with industry professionals, rebranding my LinkedIn, and even interview prep through with this academy. So definitely go sign up. You don't have to go through your job search alone. And there is a network of other students looking for their dream job and industry experts waiting for you. This student's testimony is just one of thousands who have landed a position in their dream career. So if you're interested in joining the Academy alongside these successful mentees, schedule a strategy call with Daniel today at www.masteringcollegetogareer.com forward slash strategy call. And now let's get back to the episode. What are some, um, what are some common questions that maybe you get asked that I haven't even thought of asking you right now that I think it's important for the audience to understand or know? Um, a lot of people ask me, like, like this question I just said, like, what can I do to get a job in the United States? Yes. You know, that's what people ask, like, dude, the employer, focus on getting the right employer is willing to do it for you, okay? Mm -hmm. you, you hit the nail on the head when you said nonprofits, hospitals, educational institutions. Why? Because you said they don't have the, not only they don't have the, the, the cap, but they usually have a budget for that. You know what I mean? If you're, I, I'm gonna tell you, it's like if I'm a, I'm if, I, if I'm a doctorate student in the United States and I, and I plan to continue in the academic field, your university, that's where you need to go. Yeah. You know. You know, be interested the, too to like, like let's say you went to the University of Central Florida, but mm -hmm. what if you apply for Valencia, right? Um, and, and because they don't have a doctorate degree. Right. So they, but they sure. one PhD student. I'm, this is just me thinking, right? So, like, sure. universities are measured by, they look at how many, what percentage of their faculty have a PhD, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, at one point, like the, the big universities want every single lecture faculty to be a PhD. And then you want every community college or college to have 
every professor have a master's degree of some sort, right? But if you're a PhD candidate and your competitive, your university might be very competitive, maybe going into the community colleges um, to teach there might be your way into, into it, right? I'm just thinking. It, 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 it's a good idea, but for, for that, it's something that you have to figure it out that the, 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 the you know, the, the person's credentials have to match the job that being, that's been offered, mm. you know? you can't be you you can't be it has to make sense right okay you know it has to make sense you know i mean if I, you know if all of a sudden yeah yeah well you know i have a phd and you know whatever and i want to go teach like middle schools somewhere yeah i mean not you know belittling you know like saying anything bad i do i i don't care i don't know how many like how many people have the talent to deal with a bunch of middle schoolers i sure couldn't do it yeah, you know, but you know, it has to make sense for the position. Right, right, right. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, let me ask you a question. What can a student, back to Daniel Watero from Columbia, international yeah. student, what can I do to make it easier for the employer? All right. Get your OPT, get, get, get your OPT started, get your work permit, right? Get that going, okay? Start looking for a nice internship, Try to think, but when you get that internship, don't think of just what you want to do. Think about the possibility of, you know, the companies that may want to hire you, that may be able to do. That is going to take research. Do your research so you know what company you're going after, you know, and to inform yourself in the process, how the process works. So when you go to your supervisor okay, or the HR person, whatever, okay, go up to them and say, listen, are you guys, would you guys be willing to do this? Yeah. Okay. This is what needs to be done. Here's the name of this guy. I heard he's really good. His name is Pedro Diarujo. You, you know, you might want to go talk to him because you know what? It's not just me. You might open the door for other people too. Right. You know? No, I think that's that's really important. Is it wanting you like as a student, wanting you do the research, wanting you do all like the heavy lifting yes. and make yes. it as easier for the employer as possible to walk and walk them through it. Right. Um, could you say okay, like. And this is again a question. Daniel got a job. Um, can I go and say, and you're my boss, Pedro? Can I say, hey, I, I know that sponsoring me is going to cost you, you know, at least ten thousand dollars. I'm okay with taking a ten thousand dollar paycheck. Listen, you're walking a very fine line there, okay? Because you're the employee cannot pay for it. Okay, the employee cannot pay for the process. Okay, I wouldn't do it. Be honest with you. I wouldn't do it because I was like, listen, yeah, I mean, you're not going to pay you taking a $10,000, you know, no, I wouldn't do it <laughs> because essentially you're paying for it and, you know, and, and you don't want to do that because, you know, these guys, sometimes these cases, they generate audits and when they generate audits, I mean, they will question like every little thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to create even the appearance of impropriety of any sort. Makes yeah. sense. Okay. okay. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me that, well, can I pay for it? Can I go to my employee and pay for it? It's like, no, you can't. Why is that? Why is that the case? Like what, 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 it, why is it the rules set up that way? Because the rules are set up to protect the American employees and American job market. Okay. What they do is they don't want to just make it so easy for anybody from anywhere in the world to just come over here and work for less than an American employee. Mm. because they want to be here so bad right. like i know i'll take like working for you know nothing for three years if i can get a green card right 
you know, and that's it's set up to protect the American job market. Really, is what it is. No, that that makes that makes and, that makes a lot of and, sense. And, and during the last four years, during the Trump administration, you know, it's got it has gotten a lot harder. Right. There have been a lot extra restrictions and extra rules put in place. You know, whether you agree or disagree with it, they were still there. Yeah. From what you've seen so far in, in the new administration, have you seen some of those regulations and, and things that a last administration said to be dialed back to, to how it used to be? Or yes. where do you see that? Yes, the, the, they've already ruled back a few of the rules that dealt with wages, okay? Like, the, you know, there were some rules that were passed at the very end of the, of the Trump administration uh, raising the type of wages, you know, that you because you, know, you have to do that uh, wage certification making a little, you know, those wages a little higher. Um, they've already rolled back some of those regulations, okay? And, but one thing that we really see in general is just immigration cease to be the enemy, okay? It's no longer the enemy, okay? But during the last four years, you know, um, it, it, the U.S. immigration system kind of ceased to be a benefit-granting system to more of a law enforcement and fraud prevention system. Okay. Mm. Again, whether you agree with it, you like it, you don't like it. You know, I, I, I honestly, I, to me, I don't particularly care. The more rules, the better for lawyers, you know, because, you know, more rules, better, more you need a lawyer. Right. You know? But at the same time, you know, it is, it, whether you like it or not, that's really what we're seeing. Okay. There has been a, a big change in kind of posture, you know like towards like immigration, even employment immigration, you know, um, there's their argument to be made that, you know, foreign employers help U.S. businesses a lot, which create wealth and help the American market, you know, and the other way, there's the, the, the basic argument that, you know, hey, foreign employees take away American jobs. Right. You know, I mean, there's argument from both sides. From both sides. Uh, let me ask you just final questions as, as, we, as we wrap this episode sure. up. Aside from um, getting, being able to stay in, the, in, in America after you finish college from your employer and just getting a work visa, uh, what are some other common paths to residency in America? Well, listen, there's basically four ways to become, you know, a permanent resident in the United States. Family, you know, husband, wife, mom, dad, brother, sister, so on and so forth. Some of them take longer, some of them are shorter, Okay. You'd be surprised on how many people get married when they get out of college. You know, mm -hmm. it's that time that people get married anyway. Okay. Second of all, asylum. A lot of people get asylum in the United States. Of course, it's harder to get an asylum in the United States when you're a student being studied in the United States for four years. Okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to get asylum. So, yeah. you know, and also asylum depends a lot where you come from. Like you said, right. you know, there was a time where it was easy to get asylum when you come from Colombia. Daniel from mm -hmm. Colombia, you know, it would be easier for Daniel from Colombia to do that. Yeah. Right? But that's not really the case anymore. You know, Brazilians, it's nearly impossible for a Brazilian to get asylum. But, you know, if you're Venezuelan, some other countries, yeah, you know, there's that possibility. Um, entrepreneurship, investment, okay. Certain nationalities have treaties with the United States that would make you able to uh, give you access to certain investment visas that don't require millions of dollars okay so what are some of those countries there's like over a hundred of them oh, okay i mean the most common you can think of colombia 
Argentina, um, most of the Western European, Eastern European countries, uh, most of the South American countries, except for Brazil. Brazil doesn't have that, uh, that treaty. Um, a lot of the Central American countries, there are a lot of them. There are like, tell you, like over a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're from a really wealthy family, you know, there's the EB-5, which is basically you invest in a little over a million, a little less than a million dollars, you get to apply for a green card. Okay. So can you essentially just buy a house? No, it has to be investment on a business. Like you have to create jobs as part of the requirement. You have to create mm. at least 10 full-time jobs. Okay. Makes sense. Um, you can either run your own business or you can invest in something that they call, they call regional centers, but it's basically some sort of project that creates jobs. Yeah. Right? They have to be certified, so on and so forth. And then employment, you know, there are very a few categories of of of, uh, of people that can employ can request file like sort of an employment visa for themselves okay but those are based on like extraordinary and exceptional abilities or based on people people that have like they need to have a certain education and years of experience on their field so they wouldn't really apply to recent college grads yeah you see what i'm saying yeah, super interesting. Um, just a side note, I have a friend who, a uh, very talented uh, trapeze artist, he used to work at Cirque yeah. du Soleil. He was able to get uh, one yeah. of those visas for extraordinary talent. And that's what the singers and artists go exactly. correctly. Exactly. Singers, artists, some athletes, you yeah. know, um, there's it, all kinds of different, you know, you just got to prove that you're, that you're extraordinary in your field, man. Yeah. Can that apply to like the scientists, the science, the sciences, or yes. is it more of a dollar? Yes. No, no, no. It, it would definitely apply for some of the sciences and business as well. Makes sense. Okay. okay. Well, Pedro, um, last advice. If, if people want to learn more about, you know, immigration services, maybe they're looking for an immigration attorney. What is the best way to contact you or, or contact your firm? Well, um, you can either uh, look for our, uh, well, we have an Instagram, okay, um, at PD Law. Orlando, okay, or our phone number here, which is 407-793-9455, uh, you know, like, we deal with people from all over the world, so we have the WhatsApp, everybody loves the WhatsApp, okay, uh, we speak Portuguese, English, and Spanish, and we can help anybody out. Perfect, I will actually add your phone number and uh, the info at pdlaworlando.com, as well as your website, um, all into the show notes, so if you're interested. Awesome. And I can tell you, Daniel from Colombia and all the other international students out there, I uh, truly appreciate this. Um, I think it, for me, like if you're an international student and you're listening to this, right, um, it should motivate you to educate yourself more because I think that's like, to me, that was the biggest takeaway. Like, I think there is possible and I think it is obviously more difficult for you as an international student. But I think if you can educate yourself and arm yourself with knowledge, I think you're going to be better off in the long term. I mean, and the way I look at it, Daniel, there is there is no other country in the world that would attract and welcome like talented, hardworking, young, like you know, people like the United States. You know, yeah. it might not be easy, it might be hard, but if there's any place that you're gonna do it, it's probably here. I love it. Thank you so much, my friend. And for everybody else listening, catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you. 
You've been listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. In an age of short attention spans, this speaks volumes about you. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think that the podcast deserves. Until next time, catch you guys on the next episode.